0: Hey Shepherd, welcome to Digital Worship this week. I'm Pastor John Carolus, one of the pastors here at Shepherd of the Desert, along with Pastor Scott and Pastor Alan. And as we continue in our series, Love, Given, or Taken, we are walking through these chapters in the Book of Romans before next week, finally turning the page into Philippians chapter 1. Last week we talked about what it means to love our earthly authorities. You know, God gives us this picture of love and the Apostle Paul narrows our focus from this broad definition of love in general and then says this is how you apply that in society, in the world that God has called you to live. He has put you in this world, in your culture, in your community, and you live in that place and you should abide by the rules that are at place, that are in place there. You should respect the leaders that are leading your people. You should speak well of them. You should honor them and submit to them. And we learned that that's an important lesson for us to take hold of because that's the way for us to love the neighbors that are like us and the neighbors that aren't like us. The people that come and worship at our church and the people that don't go to church at all. We all live in the same nation and that can be one of the ways in which we witness in our lives by Living according to the rules by, uh, by loving our neighbor through honoring and respecting our leaders as well. Today, though, Romans chapter 14, Paul narrows our focus a little bit more to the community of Christians, what it means to love our neighbors in the church, the people that have agreed to, to embrace the faith that we have, the people that worship Jesus just like we do, the people that have decided to put their trust in his promises and live according to his instructions. Next week, we'll be narrowing our focus even more to those one-on-one relationships, but 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 today we're talking about Christian community, what it means to love our neighbor in that setting. How do we handle the fact that many of us approach Christian life differently? What does it mean that some of us make certain assumptions here and other assumptions elsewhere and yet we feel like maybe that person doesn't have it quite right or maybe I'm the one that knows what to do there and when we don't see everything going according to how we think it should go, it can kind of twist us up and make us a little bit more conflict-ridden than we need to be. So last week, as we learned about love being something that we can exhibit toward everyone through the way we respect and and interact with our government and our earthly authorities, this week we're talking about how our love for our Christian neighbors can take shape and how we should maybe avoid certain stances and certain mindsets as we have interactions with them. So listen in from this reading from Romans chapter 14 as we take a look at verses 1-10 through in the New Living Translation. Accept other believers who are weak in faith and don't argue with them about what they think is right or wrong. For instance, one person believes it's all right to eat anything, but another believer with a sensitive conscience will eat only vegetables. Those who feel free to eat anything must not look down on those who don't, and those who don't eat certain foods must not condemn those who do, for God has accepted them. Who are you to condemn someone else's servants? Their own master will judge whether they stand or fall, and with the Lord's help they will stand and receive His approval. In the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day, while others think every day is alike. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor Him. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to honor the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord both of the living and the dead. So why do you condemn another believer? Why do you look down on another believer? Remember, we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For the scriptures say, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to God. As we take a look at these verses from Romans chapter 14, it can be easy to get caught in a couple of the weeds, some of the details, the illustrations that Paul uses that don't necessarily connect for us. We took a look at these verses and they contain this picture of what it means to hold to a certain dietary restriction in an effort to show honor to God, to, to try and present oneself as more acceptable to Him because we want to honor Him through our self-discipline, and others who would embrace a lack of dietary restriction simply to exhibit the freedom they have as a way to give thanks to God for what He has done through Jesus. At that time, this was a very significant controversy in the early church, particularly in the churches in Rome and in Corinth where Paul was pastoring them and being an authority and visiting Visiting, uh, visiting leader for them, as he would come in and give them insight and wisdom and help them navigate the challenges that they faced. And so, these dietary restrictions caused a great deal of conflict and issue for them, as they tried to discern who, uh, who, and how to live the Christian life. Who should we follow? How should our Christian life look? Should we eat certain things? Should we abstain from certain things? How should a day look? And, and while we're at it, what day should we worship? Is there a day that's better than others? Is there, um, is there a, a, a format or a, a Acknowledgement of certain days that would be most respectful to God. And really what we learn in this text is that, first of all, God gives us a great deal of freedom to express our love and trust in Him as He calls us to do so. As we discern Him calling us to do so. In the Christian church, God enjoys this beautiful variety of expressions of faith. In other words, not all of us are called to live the exact same life so that God knows we love Him. He has made each of us differently and individually and given us gifts and brought us into connection with other people so that we might express our faith and praise for Him in a multiplicity of ways. In all kinds of different ways, we can show our love and joy for our Lord Jesus Christ and and to His Father. So, first of all, Paul is saying, hey, it's okay to express your faith, to live out your faith in these different ways. Your role as a fellow servant is not to exert your authority or your wisdom or your maturity over anybody else. We are not called to figure out which of the other believers is the most faithful and then try and shape them into somebody that's more like us. That gets us away from the picture of faithful living that Jesus gives us. He says, put God first and he will lead you in the way you should go. What should mark you as a Christian? Should it be your diet? Should it be the day you worship? Should it be the people you hang out with? No, instead, whether you live or whether you die, and everything in between, the Apostle Paul reminds us you should live as one for the Lord, dedicated to the Lord, glorifying God. This is where we get a wonderful picture of what it means to live out our faith in the different callings God has for us. See, God gives us different gifts and callings so that some of us may glorify Him through the accounting business and the accounting occupation that He has called us into or through uh, the different creative outlets that we're called to express ourselves and use the gifts that He has given us. Maybe He's called us into ministry and we're called to glorify Him through those efforts. Whatever the case may be, whether you're a stay-at-home parent or a CEO or somebody working uh, part-time at the grocery store or a volunteer in children's church on Sunday morning, each of us has this calling to live as one trying to glorify the Lord in what we do. And here's kind of the trap that we fall into. As we begin to discover and understand what God has called us to do in our lives, it's easy for us to look over at other people and start to wonder, should their life look a little bit more like mine? Shouldn't they be living out their faith in a a way that seems to resemble what I have learned is the right way to go? Maybe they're actually in the wrong, and I need to alert them to what they've done wrong and condemn them so that they might write their course of action and come back into the, a, a, a better and right and correct relationship with God. Paul says that attitude is not helpful for us as Christians. We're not called to divide ourselves within our Christian community. Remember, these are all our brothers and sisters. And in fact, That's what the translation out of the Greek really means, where it says believer or fellow fellow believer. The word actually is brother. Our faith brings us into a relationship that ties us even more tightly together than our own blood relatives. God has washed us new in our baptisms. We are made clean and forgiven and called into a new life, a life alongside our brothers and sisters in faith. People that are in our family because we all call God our Father. So the trap we fall into is to compare ourselves, to, to divide ourselves, to judge the other people around us. Maybe they're new to faith and they don't quite have the same experience and wisdom that we do. Maybe they've been in faith for a long time and seem to have shifted some of their practices. Ultimately, God says, I'm the one that makes those kinds of decisions. That, that is the judge of all people. You're called simply to live at peace with one another. And in that peaceful living, you become a witness, a visible witness in the way that you live. That's the truth that we find here, the answer to the trap we fall into. Jesus says, You're not the one to judge. You're not the one with that responsibility. You're not the one with that kind of perspective and that kind of authority. Instead, let God do the judgment. And in your Christian community, embrace one another's gifts, lift up one another when they may seem weak or new to faith, and and embrace and and lift up those that are strong and seasoned in their faith, and know that as we go through life, that, that same station may fluctuate here or there at certain times, but ultimately, God has called us into a relationship with Him that we can express through the gifts that He has given us. And for each person, that can look different. In the church, we have the beautiful opportunity to live out our lives according to the callings that God has given us. And this text here reminds us that in the Christian community, love looks like uh, embracing the people around us. Love looks like uh, helping to celebrate the joys of the people around us. Love looks like helping up people who are struggling with their faith and giving support to those that seem to be faltering. Not in a judgmental, condemning tone, but instead as someone who is peacefully and lovingly stepping out toward that person and embracing them and walking with them. Love isn't something that we express to our Christian brothers and sisters because we have discovered, shaped, and designed it because of our own um, desires and our own personality traits. Instead, we receive this love as a gift from God and we can therefore enjoy it in the community that God calls us to be a part of. As you go into the week ahead, I hope that you can look for those opportunities that God gives you to love your Christian neighbors, to celebrate their joys, to give them support through their difficulties, and that you would be also someone who experiences that love of the Christian community yourself. God calls us to walk through this life together, that when we are called into that eternal kingdom, we would be well accustomed to this relationship we have with other Christians who have been forgiven and redeemed just like us. May God bless you in this week ahead. May you have a a great experience of God's love and may he keep you in his word, in his will, and in that faith today and each day into the week ahead. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.